0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Retrieving Sanity with your host, Liam Crow. Now, if you're wondering about the sudden name change, well, it's due by popular demand, but really, it's an honor of the mascot, Liam the Crow. If you want to see pictures of Liam the Crow, just head over to facebook.com sanityseek. So... Today's episode is going to be about, well, life without substance. Now, you might be asking me, what is life without substance? Isn't substance what makes everything up? Well, yes and no. So, let me explain. Whenever I'm talking about substance, I'm talking about our fix. What was our fix? What? a fix could be for someone else. Now for some, like myself, it was alcohol, others, cocaine, meth, you name it, whatever. Remember, everyone has an addiction, whether you agree or not, that's fine. Anyways, one of the things about addiction, or the disease of choice, is that it overrides everything Our priorities just get shifted around and then our life literally flips. What we used to do for pleasure and enjoyment or escaping the harsh reality that is life suddenly becomes life itself. And whenever it becomes life itself, it's hard to imagine life without it. In fact, a lot of people say that they could never not go without some kind of fix or some release whether it be cathartic or elsewise so what do we do whenever we're starting recovery and we can't really use ever again well first of all we can't say never right Nothing is guaranteed, and saying forever is a large order, like, woo, big, like, the rest of your life, big, and that ain't easy to, like, sign a contract on. <laughs> now, for some people, they may be able to say, yeah, I can do without it for the rest of my life. They're probably not an addict. So... Whenever I say that, it's because setting a bar for ourselves because, remember, expectations can be a bad thing. Setting a bar for ourselves to be perfect at adhering to that principle. Well, we're probably going to disappoint ourselves at some time. Now, the thing is... It doesn't have to be forever that we say that we're going to swear off, that we're going to quit, or a very long tolerance break. It's none of that. What we have to say is just one day at a time. Today, I'm not going to drink. Today, I'm not going to use. While this seems kind of silly, think about it. Whenever you say forever, and a lot of people say forever and don't mean it, but think about it this way. With someone getting married, they promise forever and always. Now, feelings change, life happens, therefore shit happens. So, you can't accurately depict the future and it's been shown in many studies that people are not good (laughs) they are actually not good at predicting their emotions and how strong they will be in accordance with certain situations in fact sometimes they over exaggerate how much they're going to feel something and then other times they feel nothing whenever that situation actually happens so we're pretty bad at guessing ourselves especially in the long run which is why future tripping is kind of a bad thing but regardless we're talking about the here and now because here and now is what we can control or at least influence around us but we can control what goes in us at least so long as you've started on the path of recovery so I say that because if you or a loved one is still in the mix of it and trust me I know how it feels it sucks someone that is in the grasp of the disease of choice has lost pretty much all their choice like again it's a paradox the disease of choice starts with a choice it takes the choice away we don't get a say i'm not going to drink i'm not going to use the thing is that substance becomes our master it calls we answer that's it and Usually, there's not a lot of fighting about it, and it's, I get called, I answer, and it doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, if it calls, I gotta go. But, it's a paradox because you end it by taking a choice back. This choice usually doesn't come around until a lot of bad stuff has actually happened, and... It sucks. Trust me. I know. I've been there. And you have to be broken to a certain point, to a certain degree. And for some people, it's all the way. For some, they die and then get brought back. And then literally that same night or the next night, go out and do the exact same thing all over again. I'm pretty sure a lot of us that were in if ad- <laughs> a lot of us that were in addiction actually were second-handedly trying to kill ourselves just not directly so people couldn't be mad at us but just but mad at the situation so you say forever i'm never going to use again i'm not going to use again forever for the rest of my life You're setting that bar to a point of perfection that doesn't exist. The only thing that's really perfect in life is death, and remember, some of us actually make it out of there, but eventually, death comes for all. So, just because you may have beat death once, she may just be waiting for the next slip. So, how do we go about Living a life without substance. Like I said, one day at a time. Sometimes one hour, sometimes five minutes, sometimes 10 seconds. But yeah, I mean, 10 seconds, just take that a step back and. Oh, goosefroppa. Yeah, sometimes you gotta do that just to make it through. And. Whenever you do make it through without using, ooh, it's a good feeling, really, really good. Like, you'll you'll like it, trust me. So, the thing we can do to help people or help ourselves is to realize we can't say forever. Some of the hardest days is probably the first two to three days, then the first week, then the first month. Within that whole time frame, everything is kicking back, trying to re-emerge, trying to see the sunlight, trying to get some water, trying to live. And this disease, it doesn't care who you are, what you do where you're from, what social class you're in. It doesn't give a damn. And the scary part about that is that whenever it calls, if you answer, you're just submitting yourself again. And trust me, I know it's not easy to walk through this, but once you do, you will be so grateful. The hardest thing, like I said, is the first couple of days. So, let's take nicotine, for example, smoking, vaping, whatever, dip, Who? Ugh. but whenever you try to quit nicotine, it's entirely doable, you can actually go cold turkey with it, but I can tell you right now, because I've tried that too, and I was pretty successful for two, uh, yeah, about two years and that's the thing. The first three days really, 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 really sucked because my body was trying to get that last little bit out just so it could process it one last time. By the time it actually was out of my system, I felt better, but also not great. So we have two things working against us whenever we're trying to quit something. The first one is a physical. Yes, you can be physically dependent on a substance such as alcohol. That's how I know because I could literally not function without it. So yeah, you can imagine how bad that sucked. I digress with the physical dependence that one is really hard to deal with because that withdrawal, that detox could literally kill someone like benzos benzos and alcohol those two detoxes are lethal so you have to be careful go get medical help get an assisted detox if you need because you'll probably want it trust me so whenever we're dealing with the physical aspect you're going to be getting sweats chills jittery uncomfortable just all sorts of icky and the thing is you know what you need to feel better but You don't want to do the thing because you're trying to get even better than that. Once you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll know what I mean. Sometimes you have to suffer just a little bit for the greater reward. Now once the physical aspect has been taken care of, you now have the hard part the mental game so the physical aspect sucks because your your body is literally going I need it and you tell it no 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 and it goes yeah I need it and you go no no I, I said no eventually the body will submit but you have to power through and then starts the mind games that is where it gets tricky because you kind of want to do it and you kind of don't it's a real tug-of-war and that's why it's so hard think of it like this for some people smoking cigarettes is a habit but some people would say they're addicted to nicotine I can see both, so I think the disease of choice, that of addiction, is, well, just a graduated version of a habit, a delinquent habit, if you will, so trying to change this habit is difficult because it takes, what, about three months for a habit to really set in and then it takes about that long to break one. So you're looking at the first 90 days of trying to get clean, and the first like three to five may be physical, the rest of it is all up here in the head. And that's why support and community is so crucial, especially in early recovery. That's what these groups are for. A-A-C-A-N-A-N-E-A, literally. So if you're going through it or if you know someone that is, support them. Give them the time of day because they need it, like literally. So just give them a little bit of time, patience, and a shoulder to lean on. Sometimes that's all they need. And to vent. They probably need a vent too. <laughs> but it can be done. Look at everyone else that is in recovery. I'm here to tell you it's possible. Does it feel possible? <laughs> Not really. Not at first. The more you walk in it though, the more comfortable you get. But you can't get too comfortable. That's for another episode. But some people think you have to avoid your triggers. What's a trigger? That'll be next episode. But some people think you have to avoid those things. You have to avoid situations, people, anything that reminds you of it. I'd say kind of sort of yes especially early recovery early recovery is very crucial to get help like if you're like me you hate help but i can tell you right now you're going to need it and it's okay trust me it will be okay to start walking in recovery to start trying to better your life to grow to make things right that takes a lot of strength more than a lot of people have so if you or a loved one is going through this right now hang in there both of you because the person going through it they're not having a fun time if they were they're probably lying Um, there's even a line in the big book that says someone that says I feel great uh, look great uh, working better something like that it says we know that that's like a little boy whistling in the dark to keep his spirits up that's what they're doing and While it may be true to an extent, the inner turmoil is still going on, and that's hard to deal with. So, just remember, the first 90 days are gonna be the roughest. It's the first three, then five, then a week, then the month. Every step gets you closer, another 24 hours, towards another chip. Go to a meeting, tell them you're in your first 24 hours or first 48 or 72. Look at all the support you will get and it will help motivate you. They'll help walk with you because they know how difficult and important it is. Early recovery is tough, don't get that twisted. Don't think it's easy because it's not. If you think it's easy, you weren't addicted or you're lying. So if you want to say otherwise, feel free. But in my opinion, it should be hard because we're taking off a mask that has been on for so long, our skin enveloped it. So now we have to make incisions and take some of that mask off one bit at a time. And that hurts, it's hard. And doing it with a mirror sucks. So have someone else help pull those little shards out. But I do want to encourage the afflicted one and the family or friends, maybe even coworkers, Support them let them know that they are strong that they've got this Be positive don't bring them down and don't bring up old shit. They're going to deal with that as they recover Early recovery leave it alone leave that to their sponsor now I am going to sign off but remember Y'all stay happy, or at least try, be intentional, and love each other. Until I see y'all next time, Stan.